Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking with Bungie, the Death by Bungie podcast. I am Rich Wilson, the host of Death by Bungie. I'm sitting in the trophy room. I am in the midst of editing videos for the Breaking Limbs series on Death by Bungie. How about that? Pretty cool. Actually, it's been a fun and educational series of videos. I have learned a lot. And I want to thank each of the people who I interviewed. And you don't even know at this point, all of the folks that I interviewed is still coming. We're only halfway through. By the time that you listen to this podcast, I will have only released two videos of four planned videos on this topic. And this is the second of four podcasts, where the podcasts are going to Actually, it might be five podcasts by the time we're done with this, because there's a lot of information, and I do want to reveal, I do want to provide you with all of the interviews that I accumulated during the course of this in the form of the podcasts. I may edit those down and put them on the YouTube channel as well. They are just full of really good information. The interviews are long. They're detailed way more detailed you'll hear in these podcasts than I can provide in short videos on YouTube. You get real long on the YouTube videos and people drop off. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like when I ramble on in these podcasts, like I'm doing right now. I should stop doing it. I do want to introduce the person who really, really gave me the eye-opening information for this series of videos, and that is Darren Cummings. He is a friend of this channel. As you know, he has his own YouTube channel, Hunting Science Explained, that you should check out. He is an engineer, graduated from Penn State at Erie here in Pennsylvania, and works in that industry. He works as an engineer, but he knows an awful lot about hunting. Why? because he's a hunter that knows about this kind of information and thinks about it probably every time he's sitting in a tree stand, if I had to guess. I am not wired that way. I'm glad that he is and very glad that he's willing to join us on Talking with Bungie. If you haven't heard our previous podcast, go listen to that. Darren helped Dr. Grant Woods on his YouTube channel, Growing Deer TV, with a little device that Darren designed that allowed you to test speed over distance and the ability of a deer to duck the string. That's pretty valuable stuff. And we actually tried to apply it to crossbows and did a pretty good job, I must say. There's a video on the YouTube channel, Death by Bungie, where you can check that out. So check out the previous podcast as well. But here is my interview, my Zoom conversation with Darren Cummings. You know, it was almost a year ago that we talked, isn't it? I, know. I was just thinking that uh, my wife wanted me to bring the Christmas tree up. And oh, uh, actually, I brought the wrong one up, though. I brought the one for our living room. And you yeah, remember yeah. last year, that yep. backdrop, I had yeah. that little Christmas tree back there. So, yeah, that, that would be up right now. It would be almost exactly like last time we talked. And I got sidetracked. We shot that in December. I got sidetracked because I started looking for a new crossbow. And we talked about that actually last year, remember? Since that yeah. time, I actually went and I got a Scorpid Deathstalker 420. And yeah. I can tell you the difference. I'm shooting about 383, I think, with a 150 grain broadhead. And there's rubber little things that came with it that I put on here. So yeah. I slowed it down a little bit. But 383 feet per second. Shot a doe this year at 20 yards. And I got to tell you, that thing was, it was through that doe. If you look at the video, it's through her and in the dirt before she reacts. Like right. that speed is completely different from the crossbow that I shot for 12 years, 11 years at 
somewhere between 250 and 300 feet per second. It's right. like a world of difference at, at 20 yards. Man, you see a difference. It's just amazing um, yeah. how much difference that much speed makes. So you wouldn't think it would be, but man, I mean, the, the closer you get to that speed of uh, sound, the longer you can shoot, the quicker that thing gets there before they hear anything. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it's not just the speed of sound. It's their ability to react. This thing, this deer clearly does not jump. It's almost like a blink or two after the arrows throw her. Like it, right. it just is, it's that pulling the trigger is almost instantaneous with this thing. And it's not really the fastest of crossbows, but it's a, a new generation of crossbows than I'm familiar with. Like it's a generation newer. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's really something. Yeah. So these new ones, man, doing some crazy things with them. Well, and then the consequence though, for a lot of that is these broken limbs. That's like, you know, when you've got a draw weight, I, to me, it's draw weight and we'll get into that, but I want to stop you here. Obviously, I came into this with some preformed opinions. I sit in a tree stand. I don't think about the science necessarily, but I do sit and wonder why limbs break. I do wonder why Bungie Jr. had broken limbs and why the original Bungie has not had any limb issues. And I wonder when I'm sitting in a tree stand whether Bungie 3.0 is going to have problems down the road. I think about those things. Just like you, probably. But draw weight, as it turns out, is not the whole story. When I cock Genevieve's crossbow, that's 285 pound draw weight. You got to crank it. Yep. The draw weight on that is so significant that with the original crank that it was designed for, she can't cock it even with the crank. Right. And so we had to buy the new crank, which is a far better crank. But that newer version of the crank drops it down enough that she can actually cock it. She's pretty good with that. But... Wow, when you're cocking that, you know there's some stress on those limbs, man. I mean, it's almost yeah. like I'm sitting, it's kind of like you got a Connie bear all set and you're just sitting with it in your lap. <laughs> yeah. Ready to just go off. Pull up ready. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, anyone who's ever set a Connie bear knows, man, that is a nerve-wracking uh, experience. So why don't you tell me, like, if you want to just go through there, I'll have you comment on them. Maybe I'll ask you some questions for follow-up, but I'm happy to hear whatever you want to comment. I'm not trying to suggest what your answers are because I'm completely ignorant on this in terms of the science. I just know like anecdotally what I've observed, but it doesn't really mean that it's consistent with what the, what I, I'm not seeing the whole picture maybe, right? right? So the first thing that I wondered about was the heavy arrows. You and I've talked before about time and how time and we could do a whole video someday on time and its relationship to crossbow hunting. Like even broadhead, I thought about this about our conversation. When I shoot a swacker and it goes through a deer, I wonder whether it has more time to do damage at us on a slower crossbow than a 400 or 500 feet per second. Like I, those are things that we could even talk about. But time with regard to shooting the crossbow, time to absorb the energy of the arrow, the arrow and the energy of the crossbow into the arrow and propel it down range. Yep. I wrote some stuff out to kind of prepare for this, and you're already headed down the path that I'm going to take us. So uh, I, I will start with just a little bit of background. Uh, so I think the, the first one of the most important things to remember about physics is that you can't create energy, you can't destroy it. It always just goes from one source and it gets transferred into another. Uh, so when you're cocking your crossbow, uh, whether that's a crank, whether you're using the ropes or if you're just manhandling it, uh, but all that energy from your muscles that you're putting into, right, the food you ate turns into the strength oh. of your muscles. 
and then you pull that that string back up, those limbs are storing all that energy. So like you kind of alluded to earlier, it's just sitting there coiled up, ready to go. Uh, so once you go to, to pull the trigger and all that energy lets go, it all has to go somewhere. Now, it'd be awesome if every bit of that kinetic energy, every foot pound ended up in that bolt. And if it did, you'd have a completely silent release. There wouldn't be any energy to make any sound. There wouldn't be any energy for anything other than to propel that bolt downrange and hit your target. That, that's unfortunately just not the way that things work in the, the physical, the real world. So that energy, uh, and I did some calculations. They're not perfect, but it gives you an idea. So with that bow that we're, we're looking at today, uh, I, from what I could find, it, it's somewhere around 100 foot pounds of kinetic energy is what it's able to deliver. All right, here he's talking about Bungie Jr. I sent him pictures of Genevieve's crossbow, my daughter's crossbow, Bungie Jr. That's a 355 micro suppressor from Excalibur. Shoots 355 feet per second, obviously, but that's a speed gained with a 350 grain arrow. And the suppressor comes from the fact that it's got a lot of noise dampening equipment added to it that came stock with the crossbow. Pretty nice little crossbow. It was a gift from a friend of Bungie a couple of years ago. And it was greatly appreciated because it convinced my daughter Genevieve to become a second generation crossbow hunter. Probably would not have happened if it weren't for that present. If it wasn't for that consideration of a friend of Bungie. Can you imagine that? Genevieve just completed a taxidermy apprenticeship. I'm not sure she would have had that interest without this crossbow. I don't know. It's appreciated just like this conversation with Darren Cummings. And I sent Darren pictures of Genevieve's broken limb after that happened. It has a 280 pound draw weight and it does that over 10 inches of uh, stroke. Uh, so if you looked at just that pure number, that would give you about 233 foot pounds of uh, energy that you put into the, the, the entire bow. So the limbs hold most of it, but uh, so those limbs are holding almost 230 uh, foot pounds of energy. So now if you figure out how much of that makes it into the arrow, and that was that about uh, 100, that means it's somewhere in the range of 40 to 45 percent efficient. So uh, you know, it's not a perfect calculation because um, I'm sure it's not a perfect 280 uh, pound draw weight, the entire stroke. But if we just assume that it's close enough, uh, then we'll say it's somewhere around 40, 45 percent efficient. Now, so, how, how do you come up with the 245 pounds? Like what what are we yeah. thinking about to sort of come up with that number? So what's really cool about uh, kinetic energy when you're putting it into the bow, it's literally just how much weight you're pulling multiplied by the distance you pulled it. So uh, on, on that particular crossbow, it's got a very short stroke, 10, 10 inches, you know, less than a foot. So all you're putting 280 uh, foot pounds over 10 inches, which is about 0.83 feet. So if you multiply 280 uh, pounds by 0.83 feet, you'd come up with 233 foot pounds. So it's really just that simple to figure out how much energy is in the bow. Now to get a perfect one, a perfect actual number, you'd have to look at the curve of draw distance first, how much you're pulling. And, uh, but it's going to, it's going to work out really close to that because these bows are, they're, they're really good at uh, holding that peak weight, the entire stroke. 
like uh, and it might be different. Would it be different for a compound crossbow, for example, if it had a let off? Yep, and it, it very well could. And like a, a regular compound vertical bow. Uh, so just a, a regular bow when you're pulling that back, everyone knows how it's got the valleys, it's got the, you know, so that that curve isn't, you're not pulling the peak draw weight the entire time. Typically it starts to build up, you hit that peak draw weight for a while, then it falls off or you're let off. So the area under that curve is the amount of energy that's in it. Okay. Um, but I, I did a, uh, for the, the compound bow that I shoot, it's a Hoyt Helix. So I did that same uh, calculation. And uh, it's 70 foot or 70 pound draw weight, peak draw weight. And uh, it's a 24 inch stroke. That's a 30 inch draw with a six inch brace height. So that works out super clean, which is nice. It's 140 foot pounds. Now, again, it's probably closer to 120, maybe 100 uh, because of the, the, the curve. Uh, but that works out uh, when you figure out that that bow shoots in the 90 to 93 foot pounds of kinetic energy, you're looking at about 66% efficient. So oh. uh, we, we just said, you know, that, that bow, the crossbow you're shooting shoots way faster and it's got way more power, but I'm pulling 70 pounds. You're pulling 280 pounds. Right. For a little bit faster speed. Yeah. For but some faster not speed. Like, not and, three times as fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the kinetic energy is the important part because that takes mass into account too. So uh, yeah, you've got uh, more energy, but not what you would expect by the fact that you're pulling that much more weight. And uh, some of it comes down to the fact that uh, with the longer draw length, right, I'm pulling it two foot versus 10 inches. So uh, it, I've just got more time, more distance to put that energy into it. So if you could take a, a bow and theoretically, let's say you have a 40 inch draw length that you could never really hold it unless you're seven foot tall, you would just expect that much more energy to go into it just because you're drawing that same weight further. So now what's important with those numbers though, uh, if we look at it is uh, the, the big difference comes down to the efficiency, right? So you have way more weight you're pulling. Uh, we'd expect way more energy uh, out of that 233 versus 140. So you're putting way more energy into the limbs of the crossbow than the regular bow but it's not delivering that same amount uh, more. And, and the reason for that is because of how quickly that string snaps forward and that bolt is launched, it's in contact with the string for a very, very short period of time. And it's that time we talked about earlier, right? It, uh, in archery, we're always talking about kinetic energies. We're always talking about these things that they don't take time into account. And uh, when, when you hit a deer with a bolt or an arrow, that time is also very important. So you can't just look at kinetic energy there either. So again, uh, because of how quickly that bow, the crossbow has to take that arrow from all the way back to forward. And then at that point, it can't impart any more energy to it. And then it's got this uh, somewhere around 60% of the energy you put into it. It's got to dissipate that. It has to go somewhere. We can't just destroy it. We can't say we got the 40% we wanted into the bolt and with the rest of it, it's just going to disappear. It's got to go somewhere. Uh, so that, that energy is going to go into a, a couple different things. Typically, whenever you're wasting energy, it's going to go into either sound or heat. Uh, so for a bow and arrow uh, or a crossbow, anything, any piece of archery equipment, the worst thing in the world for us is that, that noise, right? That vibration. The problem is, uh, that vibration uh, is basically dissipating that energy over time. 
So if, uh, if you hit a, a drum, let's say, right, a big bass drum, you've got your mallet, you hit it and it vibrates for a while and makes noise that entire time. Let's say that takes five seconds before it goes from, you know, you can hear it to you can't hear it anymore. So over five seconds, all that energy you just put into that drum, it, it dissipates that over five seconds. So it doesn't feel a whole lot of stress on the, the drum because it's got a long time to get rid of it, right? It, it, and a drum's actually a perfect uh, example because it, it's, it's pretty much only waste that you're getting rid of. You're not using the drum to drive nails and build a house. You're just, you're right. only using the drum to make the sound of the make, drum. Exactly. So, so like it can, if it takes five seconds, that's the drum that you want it to do. That way, right. but it's a hundred percent wasted energy, but right. it's not, it's not wasted in our minds because it's the sound we wanted, but it's not accomplishing anything else. So we like that yeah. waste of energy in that context. For a drum, but for most things, we don't want that heat or energy, right? It's just, just wasted. We, we, you know, we waste. So if you have a battery powered uh, piece of equipment and you're making heat with it, it, that energy is coming from your battery and just being wasted. So yeah, that, that's the basic idea there. So for uh, archery, uh, we, we want to minimize that sound because the, the deer can hear it. Can I ask another real quick yeah. question? So heat and, heat and sound, I shoot yep. my crossbow, it's really loud. That's a waste of energy. Right. And when I shoot my crossbow, if I'm leaving a lot of heat that's generated but on my string, on my riser, wearing out my string, that's also a form of wasted energy. Yeah, that would also be wasted, right? That that energy isn't doing the thing that we want. The thing right. that we want is the the bolt having as much ability to do damage to the the animal as possible. So any of the other energy that we lose, uh, it, it's it'd be better if we could instead put it into the bolt. Yep. So that's the that's the basic idea there. Uh, so now if you take that same drum and you take the mallet and you hit it and you don't allow you know your hand to come hit it and come back off, you just hit it and hold it there. It's got to dissipate all that energy over a much shorter period. So that's called impulse. Uh, I think the, the best example uh, for this audience that uh, should make it pretty clear to understand what impulse is, is if you've ever shot a single shot shotgun versus a semi-automatic shotgun. So uh, if you've ever shot a single, sh a single shot, you know that it, it feels like it kicks you way harder. And uh, a lot of times you'll hear people say that, oh, my semi-automatic absorbs the, the kick for me. Well, it's not that it's absorbing the kick. Your body still has to absorb the entire, because if not, if you, if you thought about, if you were able to, to uh, I don't know, maybe in space, shoot a shotgun and there was nothing there to resist it, it would just take off backwards. So the shotgun itself can't really absorb that energy. It has to impart it to you. And then your body actually imparts it to the ground. So all that kick has to go through your body. But if you shot a single shot versus semi-automatic, you know, it doesn't feel like that semi-automatic kicks you anywhere near as hard. And, and the, the main reason for that is that impulse. And, and impulse is important because it takes the time, the time domain uh, into consideration. So that, that single shot, when you fire it, uh, all that energy is released into your shoulder very quickly. But with that semi-automatic, what's going to happen is it's, it's going to absorb it over time. So what you're feeling, you're, you're still absorbing all the energy, but you're doing it over a longer period of time. Uh, so that's, very, that, that's important because when we're, we're talking about the, the limbs on the crossbow, they have to absorb all that energy. And the amount of time you give them to do it is going to determine the amount of stress, the amount of load that it's placed under at any given time. So if you could take all that load 
that, that it's being put under and it, uh, make it happen over a longer time, there'd be less uh, fatigue basically to the, the material uh, of, the, of the limbs. And so, that, so especially over the life of the crossbow, you're extending, if you talk about a thousand shots, for example, that's every shot, that energy times a thousand has to go somewhere. And so yep. over the course of the life of that crossbow, that energy times a thousand might be going into the crossbow. Right. Into yep. the, into the bolts, into the screws, into the whatever. Exactly. And that, and it vibrates to dissipate it. So the, the longer you give it to vibrate and to dissipate that energy, the, the less load is placed under and the less fatigue it's going to feel. Uh, so uh, there, there's a couple different ways that materials tend to fail. Um, the, the, one of the main ones is uh, it's just overstressed. It's too, too much load under one particular event and it breaks. Uh, and then there, there's fatigue. And fatigue means you, you never really put it under a load that should break it. But because it's been cycled so many times, uh, it basically, like in a metal, will develop little microscopic cracks that you can't even really see. Uh, and it's, there, there's a structure, there's a structure to the way that metal kind of, the atoms fit together. And it basically what happens is you, you get individual breaks in there between uh, the atoms. And uh, due to that, over time, it, it becomes weaker. So uh, a metal fatigue, like a paper clip, you ever take it and bend it and bend it and bend it. It's putting little tiny cracks in there until you get to the point where there's so many of those uh, cracks and they start to meet up that it just becomes completely, uh, it, it completely breaks apart. So uh, I, I was looking up your, that, that bow the, the, uh, that you had shared the pictures of and it's, the limbs are made of fiberglass. That, that's what I could find anyway. So uh, if they were aluminum, that sort of fatigue failure uh, is pretty straightforward. It's very well understood. Metal is, uh, for the most part, really easy to work with and make consistent the material properties. Uh, composites, uh, carbon fiber, fiberglass, these sort of things, they're, they're very difficult to make perfectly consistent. And it's just because of the way that they're made. So uh, with fiberglass, you'll have your glass, uh, a layer of glass, Typically, they'll try to get them all lined up in the same direction, the little glass fibers, and then they'll put a uh, resin on it. And then they'll repeat that to make it to the, the width that they want or the, the, the thickness they want. Uh, so in between those layers, that resin, and if you look at your, uh, the, the pictures you've sent me, this is exactly what it looks like. Uh, it, it basically uh, delaminated. So what happened was it wasn't the fibers that failed, it was the resin that holds them together. And uh, I, I did some research on this, and while it's not as well understood as uh, for, for uh, metals, it, it definitely composites like that and fiberglass, they can fail in fatigue. So uh, that, you know, the, and it's kind of the same sort of thing. So between the layers over time, you get little breaks in the resin, and uh, after a while, you, you get enough of those, and that load you put it under suddenly is enough to break it, even though... Uh, on paper, it shouldn't be enough of a load to break it. Is that fatigue that you're talking about then a result of dissipating that extra energy over time? Yep. So that's over, what over multiple was. occurrences. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, th there's the the uh, load you put into it when you pull it back, and then it's got to dissipate all that. So yeah, dissipating that energy is really what uh, causes the the fatigue failure. So a, a crossbow that is more efficient, 
that let's say we made one that shot more akin to your compound bow, a crossbow that happened to be 70% efficient. Yep. It's going to have fewer limb problems. Yeah, it would just because of the, uh, the, the fact that you have less of that energy you have to dissipate, right? So if we could get, and you can actually do this by shooting a heavier arrow. Um, so you, the, it becomes more efficient. And the reason for that is just what we talked about earlier, time that the string is in contact with the bolt. So if it's heavier, if you've ever gone to push something that's heavier, it takes longer to get it moving. So it's in contact for a little bit longer. Now, uh, you know, some people, they seem to think that you get a huge jump when you go to a heavier arrow. Uh, not from many of the data I've seen that, you know, you'll get a, a 5% increase in your kinetic energy by going to a heavier bolt, a heavier arrow. Now we're talking about arrows a little bit here, interesting stuff, but you won't want to miss the next episode of the Breaking Limbs series of videos on the YouTube channel. That one talks specifically about arrow weights. A lot of what we think we know about arrow weights, is it accurate? Well, it kind of is, and it kind of isn't. That was my takeaway. So I hope you'll join me for those videos. I guess that, that's been for or, uh, compound bows that you might get a little more than that with a, a, a crossbow, uh, just due to the fact that it's uh, such a short stroke typically with them. You're but starting with less contact, so anything really helps <laughs> kind of, you know, you're increasing your numbers just because you, if you go from, you know, from this to just a little bit more time. Yeah. Right. With, with only a 10 inch draw. I got that. So it, because the heavier arrows in contact with the string longer, it has more of a chance to dissipate energy into the arrow and the, rather than the arrow going into it, um, yep. right into the crossbow. Or into, being into the, uh, yeah. The waste. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of, is there a way to sort of look at on a crossbow like Genevieve's crossbow with a 10 inch stroke power stroke and you know, how much, what percentage would that increase with a heavier arrow in terms of how much energy was going to be departed in the arrow as opposed to being left over and wasted? Yeah, it wouldn't be too uh, difficult to calculate that. So uh, the energy you're putting into the bow doesn't change, right? It's uh, it's only when you uh, go to release that and it absorbs that energy. So the easiest way to do that, you know, the mass of the uh, the bolt, right? The light bolt, the heavy bolt, uh, and then you know the velocity by shooting it through a chrono. And uh, it's it's not perfectly straightforward because uh, there's some conversions you have to do, but you can convert that into foot pounds. So you know how much energy you put into the bow, that doesn't change. Uh, and then uh, take how much you get out of it into the arrow, divide that by the total you put into it, and that's your efficiency, right? So if if we're still putting 233 foot-pounds in, and uh, let's say, what do we have before? Uh, somewhere around 100. Let's say we, we move that up to 110 foot-pounds uh, from the arrow. And you get again, you get that by taking the mass and uh, multiplying it by the velocity and you do your conversions to get it to feet and pounds. Uh, and and you'll, you'll come out with an answer that'll give you your efficiency. So I probably can put together some pretty good numbers using an online calculator, yep. typing in the chrono speeds and the weights of the arrows, because I have that stuff written down. I've experimented with different weights and all that jazz in the yep. basement. So if I, I could probably feed that through an online calculator and get a feel for the difference in the amount of energy that goes with one arrow versus another arrow. Yeah. One other thing I want to point out is 
you can sit there with a pen and paper and calculate all this stuff, but I did you one step better. I got you back. <laughs> I got on deathbybungie.com and fought with the software for a couple of weeks and eventually designed an efficiency calculator that is available for free on deathbybungie.com. Go on there, log on. You don't even have to log on. There's no logging on. It's just a website. You go on there and you enter your specs, play around with it, and you can adjust your arrow weights and speeds and... If you put in good information, you get good information back, but it will calculate that efficiency along with a lot of other things. While you're there, while you're on deathbybungie.com, why not sign up for the free email newsletter? I mean, come on, you should already be signed up for that, right? It's free. It's Death by Bungie. What more do you want? So if you see a 5% increase in kinetic energy by going to a heavier bolt, you'll know that you can expect uh, 5% less energy going into the, the uh, crossbow to dissipate. And I think over time, now let's see, you look at that over a thousand shots, that 5% over a thousand shots makes a difference. It sounds to me, and I'll see if you agree with this, that that might, and we're going to just pick numbers just for illustration purposes, but that extra energy that you are sparing with a heavier arrow is going to make the difference. It might extend you from a thousand shots to 1500 shots, but it's not going to make the difference between a thousand shots and a lifetime and immunity. <laughs> right. And it's really not going to be the difference between a uh, hundred shots and a thousand shots, yeah. right? It's yeah. not like, Oh, you, you have the light arrow and it broke after a hundred shots. And if you just would have used a little bit heavier an arrow, you could have expected thousands of shots. I, I don't think that's very likely. Right. Uh, just, just because, you know, we're, we're talking 5%, probably not enough. Uh, assuming that the, the crossbow manufacturer did their homework uh, that that you would see that sort of huge change because if it was uh, the crossbow manufacturer would be adamant that you cannot shoot like they are right a lot of them will say it has to be a minimum of this you cannot shoot any less than this because you could get that sort of cliff event right where it's like uh, you know you lose a little bit of life with a lighter arrow then you hit a point where you don't just lose a little bit more it's like it falls off a cliff and you go from ten thousand shots down to a couple hundred so. Yeah, that I wouldn't expect to, to see a giant leap, but there, there definitely would be a longevity uh, increase if you use a, a heavier bolt, a heavier arrow. When we talk about now, just so I'm clear too, because I wrote down a note, I said, does that mean louder is better? That doesn't mean louder is better. It means that a longer sound is better than a shorter sound, perhaps. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of thinking about it, right? Because uh, and, and this is the, the other failure we haven't talked about yet. So the, the failure that you can get from a single event, right? Let's not, not even considering fatigue. You have a brand new bow, you take it out and shoot it and it explodes. Well, we know one easy way to do that is to dry fire it, right? Because you're 0% efficient then. 100% of that energy has to be absorbed by the limbs of that bow. And that's why they explode. They're not made to do that, right? Like it, it, every bit of energy, uh, yeah. Uh, your uh, crossbow limbs are not designed to be a drum, right? If they go to vibrate all that energy away, they're just going to explode. So the other way that I've seen happen pretty consistently though, is uh, so that, that uh, limb comes back, it's cocked and someone's in a tree stand, deer comes running in. You don't have a whole lot of time to think you turn to shoot and that limb whacks a, a very hard object, typically the tree you're in, right? And it, and that limb explodes. Now you, you might be thinking, right, oh. but I, 
I put that energy into the bolt. The bolt still went. Why did that limb explode? Well, it's because that leftover 50, 60% of energy that it has to get rid of, it can't vibrate it away. It's literally got to put it right instantly into that tree and, you know, force, there's equal and opposite forces. So if you're hitting that tree hard with the limb, the tree is also hitting the limb hard. I know that's a weird way to think about it, but that's how it works. So uh, that limb smacks that tree really hard. All that energy gets dissipated in a millisecond. And that's a huge load to put on for a, a, a limb to be put under. And then it explodes. And, and uh, I've heard some horror stories about folks that, you know, they had a big buck and, and then typically the bolt goes all wonky because of the, the fact that the, the bow broke halfway through the, the stroke. But yeah, so that, that's the other failure that can occur. Now, um, where you go from a single, uh, a, a single event breaking to fatigue has to do with how many times does it happen? There's typically, they'll call it high cycle fatigue. And that's kind of the expected one. That's like, if you bend a paper clip uh, a whole bunch of times, it's going to break. But if you bend a paper clip twice and it breaks, that's not what you'd expect. That's typically called low cycle fatigue. Uh, so low cycle fatigue is when it, it broke, not because of a single event, but multiple events that were very, very close to that uh, level where it would break on one event, right? So let's say uh, oh. if, if it was going to break at uh, um, uh, 100 PSI of pressure and you go to 50 PSI, right? You design it for 100, you go to 50, you could expect 10,000 cycles out of this thing. That and and that's like okay, uh, you're never going to shoot your crossbow that much. That's fine. Now, if you take that up to eighty percent, you might only get a hundred cycles out of it before it breaks, right? So that would be called low cycle fatigue. It's like we we don't expect that. If you have a low cycle fatigue failure as an engineer, you're panicking, trying to figure out why. Right? So we need to get this thing fixed now because the customer is not going to be happy. So. Uh, which I, I hope that's what the crossbow manufacturers are doing right now. If they're, you know, if they're seeing a bunch <laughs> of limbs breaking, I don't know what they're doing, but I yeah. can't speak for them. But I know that there's a lot of people hoping that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the the warranty data to know if it's actually going up or down, or are you just paying more attention to it? And then the other thing that happens on social media is the dog pile effect, where oh, you yeah. put yours out there, and everyone's like, "Hey, mine did that too." So it's tough to say. Hopefully, it's not that there's a but my guess is like, like you were saying earlier, as we keep pushing to make these bows faster and faster, uh, that means they keep upping the draw weight while trying to either drop the weight of the, the bolt or keep it consistent. So the stress you're putting it under is moving it up higher and higher. So, and they're trying not to make the crossbows any heavier, right? So that, that's what you could do. You could make it stronger, uh, a thicker uh, material, but then you're going to up the weight of the crossbow and uh, anyone who's held a crossbow knows they're already heavy out in front because of the limb. So the more you add weight to that limb, so they're kind of in this pickle where, you know, they want to make them faster to make their bow stand out. Uh, but if you make it any heavier, nobody's going to want it. So uh, anyway, so you, you, you have this uh, 80% stress that technically should never break that bow. It should never break your limb. But if you do that enough times, uh, like, and let's say it is a hundred times, you only get a hundred shots before it breaks. We need to figure out, was it a poor bow design or is the customer doing something with it that we didn't expect? 
So the, the one thing that I can think of, because uh, you, you have a question on there, so I'm kind of jumping ahead here about what, what uh, noise reduction technologies do you think uh, play into breaking these limbs, if any? And uh, I, I was looking at this, and uh, I think the one that's probably the biggest culprit for the most failures, or let's say pushing that stress up closer to the ultimate failure point, has to be the Okay, that's probably as good a point to stop at as any, right? <laughs> I know. I know. It was just getting good and I stopped mid-sentence. I did that on purpose. I got to admit. I did it on purpose because I want to keep your interest level high for the next episode of Talking with Bungie that will be coming out in a week or so. Plus, here's the thing. We're getting into stuff that sort of treads on the next episode. I don't want to spoil the next episode of Breaking Limbs on the YouTube channel. I don't want to do that because I want that to be something that you tune in for and that you enjoy. So make sure that you check out the videos on the YouTube channel. Tune in next time here on Talking with Bungie and you'll get more about this video. I want to thank Darren one more time for joining me on Talking with Bungie and helping me understand this complicated science and really making it easy for me to understand it. And I hope that it's helped you as well. Until those next episodes, all hail Bungie.